O Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you, that we may extend peace, love, and hope in the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If Matthew was alive and writing the Beatitudes in 2023, what do you think he would have recorded Jesus as saying? Or what if you were the author of the Beatitudes? Which ones would you keep? Which ones would you discard? And what, if any, would you add? This gospel passage, in one of two forms in the New Testament, is familiar to most of us. Oh, we don't know it by heart, but we have the gist of it. Something like, blessed are the somethings or other, for they'll get something or other now or later. But if you could write them, what would you say? Society tells us that certain groups or circumstances are blessed, and certain groups or circumstances are not. That wealth, education, heritage, gender, height, weight, abilities, and speech patterns, among other things, subtle and not so subtle, are indications of God's favor. Would the modern Beatitudes include something like this? Blessed are the ambitious, for they will obtain wealth. Blessed are the rich, for they will never have to experience the indignities and invasion of privacy necessary to access the SNAP program just to feed their families. Or blessed are the healthy, for they will be pain-free. Thankfully, we no longer say things like bad behavior or illness is associated with demon possession or God's disfavor. But we may wonder when things are difficult, if God is angry with us, or if we have lost out from God's blessings. But my friends, God does not work that way. And the kingdom of God really isn't like that. When good things happen to us, we call it a blessing, and we are correct. They are. But when we are in difficult circumstances, when it feels like we're treading water, sharks infested waters, soon to be drowning, it is much harder to see the blessedness of where we are. Soon we will chant the litany of the saints. For some, they have miracles associated with their lives. For others, they have truly lived extraordinary lives. But most of them, in their time, lived rather common lives, often suffering or facing death, not living what we would call a blessed state, but they serve as examples for us. From the patriarchs and matriarchs, we have holy Abraham and Sarah. Even a very surface and shallow exploration leads us to their cowardice, deceit, and fear for their lives when faced with planning to enter Egypt. The Genesis 12 account would put any scandal show to shame, but that wasn't their whole story. Or think of the apostles and evangelists such as Peter, whose mouth was on overdrive while his brain was in neutral. 
but that wasn't his whole story either. Or consider the martyrs like Oscar Romero and the martyrs of El Salvador who were slain just in 1980, three years after their friend, Philip Rotillo Grande, was also slain. Or the holy religious like St. Josephine Margaret Bakita, a Sudanese woman who was enslaved at age eight, forcibly converted to Islam, so traumatized by the experience of being bought and sold that she forgot her name, so the slavers named her Bakita, meaning fortunate and happy. She was later sold to an Italian family that continued to enslave her despite the law. It was only through the sisters at a convent and the legal system that her freedom was rightfully returned to her. But that's not her whole story either. There are so many others, and I invite you to take the bulletin home with you and further explore the lives of a saint from each category. For tonight we remember and celebrate the saints for what they did and how they lived. Their lives were not perfect. They were not perfect but they offer an example of what blessedness looks like. Blessedness looks different from what we suppose it should look like because it never will comply with the world's standards. Any attempt to explain the existence of pain or evil in a God-created good world, the question of theodicy, will always fall flat and be incomplete. Much too often it is misused against those who suffer and even if we did know why, the knowledge would never take away the pain or make the circumstances change. But what the Beatitudes offered then and still offer to us now is a glimpse into another world where the saints rejoice, where might does not make right, where suffering does hold meaning, and where God sees us and is with us. The Beatitudes may not change the circumstances, but the Beatitudes change us. They have the ability for us to see not only what is here on earth, but to offer a glimpse into the eternal. When the gospel was proclaimed, we heard it open with these words, when Jesus saw the crowds. Jesus saw them. He saw their pain. He saw their needs. He saw the injustices that they suffered under Roman rule over and over again. He saw the injustices of the socioeconomics that caused them pain. And it was important enough for Jesus to teach his disciples about seeing people, caring about them, and knowing that there was another kingdom where everything they saw had a deeper meaning because God was in relationship with them. As demonstrated by the saints, may God also grant us the ability to see God at work in the difficult places of our own lives, in the lives of others, and one day join the saints we talk about. Amen.